Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening. Welcome to Genesee Valley Church's online podcast. GVC is a non-denominational church in Flint, Michigan, and our mission is simple. To love God, love people, and love life. I know that you will be blessed by the message and the words that God has for you today. Now, here's Pastor Tony. I'm getting next to me here closer, and it's always a joy and a privilege to have her minister with me. I want to welcome those that are tuning in online. It's a privilege to have them in our online campus, and just knowing that our church is expanding and growing bigger, even just in the walls that are here today. And so, trusting that today is going to be a good day. So, are you ready for this new series? Yes. I think no greater way to start our series called Closer than to start on Valentine's Day. You know, we we're, we're really begin to talk about growing closer in our relationship with God and really being intentional in what that looks like. And so I thought, you know, today would be a great day to start that because obviously as we talk about growing closer in our relationship with God, we also can look at the the... the, the the aspect of growing closer with individuals and obviously as a husband and wife as boyfriends and girlfriends or maybe fiancés and so again we're just purposely to grow closer with God and grow closer together right and so you also realize that God desired for us to to be in relationships with, with with each other right God doesn't want us to do life by ourselves he wants us to truly enjoy life together and that's what life is all about if you remember at the beginning of the year we started this year with a, a series called shift and shift was really all about kind of setting goals, but really being realistic with those goals. And shift really meant that we're making subtle changes or uh, alignments or adjustments to really achieve the successes that we desire in life. And so many times we're making shifts in life and changing everything. But, you know, studies have shown that there's one change that you can make in your life that will help you to those shifts in your life. And it's relationships. Imagine that. So the people that you're around every day, those that you choose to be around, can either make you or break you or move you forward to those shifts and changes you want in your life. And so many times we look around and we're changing our diet in the beginning of the year. Oh, I'm going to make this change and all these natural elements. And sometimes we're good. Sometimes we're not so good. (laughs) We'll just leave it there. (laughs) But the one thing we need to change is not the what as much as the who we need to look at and make changes that are around us. Yeah. And really this idea of relationships, it's a huge deal because the relationships that we have, it can really sabotage really our life successes. It can sabotage our relationship with God or just really growing in our relationship with God. And isn't it interesting that we call it relationship because really as we do life together, we're really on this big ship that's built of relations, right? We have relations with our, our family relationship with friends, with our spouses, and ultimately with God. And all of those relations on this ship have a way of drawing us closer to God. And God, again, wants us to know Him. And, and, and really in this relationship that we have, you know, God purposed to fix this whole problem that we all had with relationships. You realize that, that man, uh, when they started having a relationship with God, it went well for a season, but They just ended up doing their own thing. But God fixed the problem, didn't he? God fixed the problem by sending Jesus. And as a result, we have the ability to come back into a relationship with him and come closer. And that affects every relationship of our life. It does. And just if you think of a ship, we have to steer a ship and it doesn't just end up somewhere. It's because you put it there or steered it that way. And so many times, who we surround ourselves with 
they either steer us in the right direction toward those shifts or changes, or they steer us in the opposite way we even wanted to go or intended to go. And so we're going to look at just those people that are mm-hmm. around us, and you can you can figure it out. Like you can even find yourself probably yeah. in, in the mix of them. Yeah. But so many times we have those drifting relationships, and those are just the relationships or people that are around us. They're not going anywhere. The relationships going nowhere. Just kind of drifts here and there. But God has a destination mm-hmm. for each and every one of us, and so we can look at who we are and those around us. And where are we headed? Are they helping us to go where we want to go? Right. And I think that's real crucial as we begin to talk about this. Obviously, ultimately, our desire is to grow closer with God. And so, again, we're focusing on a relationship with Him, but also in the relationships that we have. You remember what she just said, that the successes that we have in reaching our goals are really uh, determined by our relationships. And so, therefore... This will help us examine the people that really are a part of our life or really even take personal inventory of just ourselves. And so uh, hopefully this will be just an eye-opener for us as we move forward this year. And for that matter, when you think about it, there are people that really just kind of have a magnetic personality. Have you ever met anybody that's like that? You know, they just are people, people. I mean, they're smiling all the time. They're just fun to be around. They make you feel good about yourself. And maybe that's you. Yeah, I'm seeing some. <laughs> they can make a bad situation feel good. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Will they call you Switzerland, Sweden? Will they call you? <laughs> But you know those people, and and there are, and as a result of, of of those kinds of people that have those magnetic personalities, they just draw people to themselves. And maybe you're that kind of person that you find yourself being attracted to you. But not everybody you attract to you is right for you. You know what I'm saying? Because if you're that kind of person that just really sees the brighter side of life. People like to be around you, but I'm telling you, not everybody that is drawn to you or that wants to be around you is a God sent. Come on. I mean, there are people that come along your path and and, and their ulterior motives are are not good. Right. And so we've got to be mindful of that. And let me just say that not everybody in church is somebody that you want to be associated with. Well, they're in church. I thought they were Christian people. They might be Christian people, but it may not necessarily be a good relationship for you. Are you here this morning? Amen. Now, just look ahead and smile, and nobody will think that I'm talking about you. Or, <laughs> or, or, or Listen, you understand what I'm saying? Because what I mean by that is that there are people that can bow their knee to Jesus as their Savior and say, God, I'm forgiven and I'm going to heaven. But they may not have bowed their knee to the lordship of Jesus Christ. And so therefore, their lifestyle, their patterns, their habits may not be necessarily good environments for you to have a part of your life. And so once again, we've got to be uh, really strategic about that. And she, she talked about drifting or those relationships that can affect us or cause our life to drift. And when you think about drifting or relationships that will cause you drift to drift, that's really just... Relationships that cause you to be stagnant with with no intentionality or no uh, uh, purpose or no intent on getting somewhere. And so there are relationships for that matter that can cause you to drift. There are relationships that can 
cause you to take on water and sink. And if you notice, I'm using boat and water metaphors here. There are relationships that can cause you to take on water. And then there are relationships that are extremely healthy that can just help you cruise in life. How many of you want those relationships that are helping you in your life to move forward? I think we all do. And once again, as we identify that there are people in our life, and as a husband and wife or as as significant others, I desire to be that man to help her soar and cruise in life. I, I desire to be the man that helps her know God and desires to know God as a result of just her relationship with me. And so let's identify what are those characteristics that would cause us to drift. Who would that be? And so we have... Right there, is that me? Yeah. Uh, okay. So, we have, so there are relationships uh, <laughs> that will tell you what to do and how to do things, and that's good. It, it keeps you on track. Yes. And so, we have the ones that know it all. Exactly. Really do. <laughs> so we're going to talk about that. So there are, there are relationships that are really negative influences, right? And so what are those negative influences? Have you ever met the pridefully prideful person? I mean, they just know everything about everything. And when you talk to them, it's about me, my, I. Everything revolves around them in the conversation, right? And they've talked to you for a half hour talking about them and theirs and what they've done and where they've been and who they know and what they have. And then they ask you for a brief moment about you. And just the moment you take a breath, they start talking again for the next half hour. Come on. You know those kind of people. All right. Then we have the know-it-all right. that knows everything about everything, and you can't tell them anything. <laughs> and then we have the negative people that are in our life, and just create negative atmosphere. And mm-hmm. I know you, you have them in your life, that you just get around them, and you're like, oh, dear Lord, I wish I wouldn't have come around you. <laughs> yeah, those negative people, you know how they are. They just, everything they see, the, the, the glass half empty. They always see the downside. They You know, you, you ever hear those people, you know, when it comes flu season, oh, dear God, I think I'm getting the flu. Uh, I mean, they're just, they're expecting the negative to happen. And isn't that wearing and heavy to be around those people? Right? I mean... I was just, uh, I have a natural scowl. I don't know why. It's just kind of, my wife, she goes, what's up with you? Are you mad? I'm like, no, it's just my look, baby. What's up? What's the matter? And so I saw this. I just was flipping through the channels and the doctors, have you ever seen that program? And so they said that there are people that just naturally have those looks and they said Botox will help that. So I think I'm going to, I think I'm going to go and check on some Botox to fix that, that, that scrowl on my face because I'm really not a, a not an unhappy person. I just, you know. I don't think it'll make <laughs> See, you always got that negative person that always looks at the negative. Right. And then there are those people that are manipulative, right? They always manipulate a circumstance. They always are manipulating your time. They're always manipulating you for the benefit of themselves. Or, you know, oftentimes those uh, manipulative type people are the people that are extremely needy. You know what I'm talking about where uh, I just need you to make me feel better. I just need you to help me. I just need you to make my world spin. And it's just like, dear God, you will drain the very life out of me being around you. And so obviously we've got to be very intentional by being aware of those individuals in our lives. And like I said, we're talking about them as though we're not talking about us. But when we examine ourselves, are we those kind of people? Am I that kind of person? Am I that kind of valentine for my wife? (laughs) I guess she said I'm a little bit. What would you say? (laughs) Anyways, all right. Let's not have our family marital counseling up here in front of everybody. All right. Wow, there isn't one for this. 
the, the, yes, exactly. So what do we end up doing? Many times what we do is we spend a good amount of time with the wrong people that are doing very little good. Rather than spending the majority of our time with people that are right doing very little that is wrong. Are you following what I'm saying? I know that's kind of a twisting on words. But I'm talking about being intentional with the kind of people that we hang hang out with or spend time with. And really, we should begin to look at our relationships from friends, from church, from from the people that influence our family. And there's really a principle of 90-10. And unfortunately, many times what we end up doing is spending 90% of the people that are needy and that we have to invest in because they are just so depleted of whatever it is that they have need of. And we spend 10% in the people that really add value to our lives. But the reality is is that we ought to be spending 90% of our time with people that are helping us propel and grow in our relationship as a person, achieving successes in our life, and also in our relationship with God. And I could say it this way. Investing 90% of, the, of our time into those people that will help us get there. What do I mean by that? I've got a pastor that is very near and dear to my heart. He is my pastor. And therefore, if I'll put 90% of my time in like say serving or helping or being a blessing to him, I'm making an investment in him. But he has something that I need. Right? You realize that those 90% of the people that are going to help you achieve and grow and be successful as an individual, they have things that you need. The people that you come to church with, there are people that you're sitting right next to that has something that you need to help you become a success in your life. And if we'll invest in them to help them become successful, I think, what is it, uh, uh, Paul Harvey, not Paul Harvey, uh, uh, Zig Ziglar. He says, if you help enough people achieve what they're looking to achieve, you'll become a success, success yourself. And so I'm talking about making the right investments with the people and the relationships that we ought to have. And so, is it my turn? Just want to get permission. All right. So, go, go, going along with this example or the metaphor of life and relationships being a ship. A ship that is moving, drifting, or sinking that's built upon relationships. What are those relationships that will actually, actually really help fill our sails? Or what are there some, some I guess, positives, if you will? So we're going to use it as five different sails that will help us be successful in life. So so the, the first sail would be intentional or intentionality. Mm-hmm. If you're going to steer anything going anywhere or your life or getting closer with God, you have to be intentional with it. Mm-hmm. And when you turn over to Ephesians chapter 3, verses 10 and 11. Well, before you get to read that, she's going to read a, a portion of Scripture from Ephesians that ties in with being intentional. But if you'll study the book of Ephesians and look at it the way that it is laid out, It is very specific in the relationships or developing relationships. First of all, it talks about the relationship that we have with God, but then also with people. But then it's interesting. Then it goes right into romance or marriage. Isn't that interesting? Talks about relationship with people, relationship with God. And then it starts talking about the relationship between a man and a woman, the marriage vows. Romance and intimacy. Then it moves right into talking about parenting. Did you think that God has something to say about parenting? Absolutely. And then it's built on this backdrop of the church. And so when we really begin to look at coming closer with God, the word of God is very 
strategic in how it lays out relationships and how we can be intentional and grow in those aspects. Amen. Amen. <laughs> Always the word. And so Ephesians chapter 3, verse 10, we'll start there. It says, to the intent that now the manifold wisdom of God might be made known by the church to the principalities and powers in the heavenly places. Verse 11 says, according to the eternal purpose which he accomplished in Christ Jesus our Lord. Now we'll break that down. There's three words in there that we want to focus on. The intent, the church, and the purpose. So he's telling us to be intentional. Well, if we're intentional about finding our purpose, the place, the best place that we're going to find our purpose and find the people that are going to help us find our purpose, getting closer to God, finding the right people, is church. Mm-hmm. And so it all ties together, but we're intentional about it. So I'm intentional that I'm in church, mm-hmm. that I'm finding those people in my life that are going to help me right. move forward. Right. You know, I, I used this story in our group session when we were getting together this morning before service started. But it ties right in. Uh, Jeremy, he's, he's here somewhere. He's always oh, ushering and doing a phenomenal job helping us usher this morning. But he shared this story with me just as he came in. And like I said, not for the sake of puffing up Jeremy and using him in many occasions. He's, he's an awesome guy, by the way. But uh, it just fits. Woo-hoo! It just fits right in talking about those relationships that will help you achieve and help you move forward. And developing those relationships in the context of church. Well, he said he went down to Tennessee this past week and uh, had to go there for some work uh, reasons. And he wore a shirt that said salvation. And just as a result, now he's in management and he's going over and overseeing some jobs and things of that nature. And so he's the big dog coming in from Michigan. But all of a sudden, because he has a billboard on his chest, basically, all of a sudden these people started coming and saying, hey, man, I'm a believer. I'm part of the same family you are. One guy says, hey, can I take you to lunch? And they went to lunch. And another one, hey, can I help you on your computer? And as a result, just simply, now he wasn't in church, but did you realize church isn't just in the context of the four walls of the church? The body of Christ makes up the church. So therefore, as a result of relationships based upon the body of Christ, his life got better and he, he achieved goals and in, in what he was dreading actually became a good experience because of relationships in the context of the body of Christ or the church, right? And so I'm telling you what, it makes a difference being in the right place at the right time, being around the right people. And like I said, just because you're in church don't necessarily mean that you're always around the best people, but this is good church, right? Anything else you got to say? That's one of the best places to try and find them. It's right. (laughs) Try. Yeah. You know, any single people? I mean, if you're single... If you're looking for a mate, now listen, don't settle. But, you know, the best place you could find somebody to, to spend the rest of your life is somebody that, that's a believer, right? So just saying. You know, I, I met my wife at Bible college. Did you know that? I mean, uh, she tracked me down. She just about, she, I almost had to put a, a you know, a okay, restraining order on her because she was stalking me so bad. <laughs> no, that's not true. <laughs> Actually, I, story, I, actually, I kind of stalked her a little bit, and she thought I was a weirdo to begin with. And I don't know why she thought that, but anyways, I was I was trying to be funny, and she thought my funny was kind of weird. So, you know, everybody has their own sense of humor. But anyways, moving right along. So we're talking about being 
intentional or these five sales of intentionality, or I should say five sales that help us move forward and really growing in our relationship with God. We talked about being intentional. Number two, really just purposing to seek truth or relationships that really uh, amplify the truth. You know, Paul said this in the book of Ephesians. He says, to speak the truth in love. How many know that there are times where we need to hear the truth? And there's times that you can speak the truth and it can be hurtful and it can be something that tears down. Or you can speak the truth in love. And speaking the truth in love helps build up. I need my wife to speak truth to me. And the truth that she speaks to me or the relationship that we have, I want our relationship to be built upon the truth or a foundation of God's word. And when you think about truth for that matter, it really sets the course and the direction of life. How many of you are familiar with the GPS? We call it GPS or God's positioning system, right? I mean, however you want to spin it. God's positioning system is to get you at the right place at the right time in the right position when you need to be there, right? And so I don't know if you're like I am. I used to to read maps when I would travel. I used to travel going different places, and I was good at reading a map. You know, you have the, the, the light on, and it's dark, but you're still navigating through and driving with one hand. They, they complain about texting and driving. What about map reading and driving? Hey, I was good at that. But now they've got these GPSs. That will talk to you, will speak to you, and they'll tell you exactly where you're at and where you need to be. And it will tell you when to get off. It will tell you how far up down the road uh, you need to be watching for. And as a result, there is a truth that builds a confidence, right? Very seldom have I ever had my GPS lead me in the wrong direction. And as a result of that truth, it has helped me get to where I need to be. And so again, God's truth or the truth of our relationships that we seek out. Whether it be friendships, whether it be in potential spouses, or even being the man or the woman that I need to be for my spouse. Is it focused on the truth? And does it give us the ability to where we can truly believe and have confidence? Because I know in her, and now this, again, this is just off the beaten tra- track, but because we're talking about Valentine's. I remember those days of dating. Now again, many of you guys and gals can, can relate to this. But in those dating years, there was the insecurities of, well, I don't want to lose somebody. Or what if, what if they go? Or what if, whatever. There's always that nagging insecurity. And there's more that we could talk about that and reasons why that is. But the moment that I married my wife, a godly woman, there has never, ever been a single day of insecurity as to where she stands or where I stand with her. And the reason being is because our relationship has been built upon the truth. And because of that, there is trust. Does that make sense? And so listen, if you've got some insecurity issues going on in your home, in your relationships, begin to examine why are they there? And are those relationships leading you into a deeper relationship with God because of that truth? And truth is truth whether we believe it or not. Like God's word, there's so many truths in God's word. And sometimes we don't really like it because we don't always like to hear the truth. Mm-hmm. But truth is truth. Right. And so we just have to get to where we can believe God and trust him. So the next one, the next sale is forgiveness. Mm-hmm. Ooh, that big word. <laughs> Not always easy to do. Mm-hmm. But we have a scripture, Ephesians chapter 4, verse 32. It says, and be kind to one another, tenderhearted, 
forgiving one another, even as God in Christ forgave you. Mm-hmm. So Jesus, God sent Jesus, his son, for you. Mm-hmm. He forgave you of everything you've ever done. He made you new. He gave you eternal life. That was your gift. But now that forgiveness we have to take and we have to let go of that forgiveness too and give it to others around us. And, you know, sometimes we say we have to forgive and forget all, you know, somebody may have done really wrong things to you and, but we can forgive, but we don't have to reinstate a relationship. Right, right. You know, that sometimes there's just those people you don't need to be around. And I have told women that, you know, that have gone through hard things and someone's done them really wrong and it's just like, okay, forgive them. Move mm-hmm. on with your life. But it doesn't mean you have to be best friends with them. Mm-hmm. You can, they can be an acquaintance. But you find the right relationships in your life to move you forward. Right. right. And between a husband and a wife or just relationships that, that you have, there are times that you've got a purpose to walk in forgiveness. And so in the context of relationships, if you extend forgiveness, then there has to be reconciliation. Because if you'll purpose to say, well, I forgive you, but you keep thinking about the thing or it's just this festering wound, it really affects the relationship, right? right? And forgiveness is to really be apologetic and to be sincere. I mean, have you ever had your spouse say to you, well, I'm sorry if that makes you feel yeah. bad? <laughs> yeah. If it makes you, meaning I have no remorse for what I did, but if, if it makes you feel bad, I am sorry that it made you feel bad. Rather than me owning and saying, wrong. <laughs> I, I, I am sorry I, I was wrong, and I'm sorry that I hurt your feelings. There's a big difference, right? And then moving on, obviously, unselfishness. Being unselfish. We're talking about growing closer in our relationship with God and seeking out those people that will help us in that particular vein. If you think about it for uh, the, the perspective of being unselfish, when you think about fish, anybody ever smelt fish that's gotten old? Pretty stinky, isn't it? Well, therefore, if somebody that is selfish, you've just got kind of a stinky attitude and you stink up the joint, right? And so let's purpose not to be selfish, but purpose to be unselfish and really think about the other person. And then lastly, consistency. Consistency is huge. Living life for God consistently. And the consistency is in the day-to-day. Do you realize victory is inconsistency? If you'll purpose to be consistent, you will find yourself being successful. If you'll purpose to be diligent and consistent in having the right relationships that will cause you to move towards God, you will find success in your relationship with God. If you'll purpose to grow in your relationship with God and be consistent with, with my spouse, rather, I will find that that continues to get better and better. And then, therefore, we ask the question, does that person, as I'm, if I'm evaluating those people in my, my life, do they cause me to love God more? My relationships, do they cause me to love God more? Do I come closer as a result of knowing them? Do they encourage me to follow God even more as a result of that relationship? And then lastly, do they dream the right dreams? Are they dreaming God dreams? And as a result, if I can say yes to those questions, they will help move me forward and achieve goals in my life on a natural level. But my relationship with God will continue to grow. And so the last thing that I want you just to begin to examine is asking yourself this question. Is do you cause people 
Do you cause your spouse, do you cause your children to love God more? Do you as an individual, do you encourage others to follow God more and come closer because of your influence? And do you dream God dreams? And do you help people dream those dreams because of your relationship? Amen. Amen. Now you may be wondering why the kids came up. It's because we're going to celebrate Valentine's Day in a fashion of how God would have us do it. And so we're inviting the kids up here to partake of communion. Now, you may have gotten flowers. And you may have gotten a card that says, Happy Valentine's. I love you. My never-ending love. You're my sweetie pie. My one and only. But communion is really a reminder of God's love towards us. And so I want us just to partake of communion this morning together. Just reminding ourselves that God loves us and that we love God and that we're going to come closer to Him this year. Amen. Fellows, will you come and join me? it down that way. Go ahead and Amen. And after everybody has gotten their elements, we will stand together. And I'll let you know when we'll do that. Now for some, you may be asking the question, I see children up here and maybe your background has been, well, kids don't take communion. Listen, we leave this to the discretion of moms and dads to whether or not your children know what it means. And obviously, that means we do our due diligence. But here's the thing that I'd also encourage you in. Is that when it comes to children's ministry, we teach them to give offerings. We realize that children may not necessarily know what it means to give offerings. Or really understand the spiritual principle behind it. But we still encourage them because it teaches them, right? So what's the difference between taking communion or giving an offering? We're teaching them a godly principle and a habit. And if we'll purpose to have the dialogue with them, they will continue to grow and appreciate and understand what it means in their own personal life. That this is God's love letter to them. Praise God. Father, we bless your name. God, we're purposing to come closer to you. Praise the Lord. Praise your name. And just as you're waiting for the elements to come by, or maybe you already have them, the Bible encourages us to examine our hearts. If there's things that maybe you just got to get cleared up with God. Just simply ask for, for forgiveness. Say, God, I want to make things right with you. It's just making the slate clean. And once again, if you're here this morning and if you've never made Jesus Christ the Lord of your life, it's not about getting your life cleaned up before you come to Him, it's coming to Him and allowing Him to clean up only what He can. 
And the Bible says this. It says those of us that are followers of Christ, it says that we have been made the righteousness righteousness of God through Christ Jesus. Righteousness simply means right standing. Let's all stand. With every head bowed and every eye closed. Let's just make this declaration together. I'm going to lead you in a prayer. And for those of us that have received Christ into our life, it is just simply an affirmation and a confirmation of your love towards God. That He's your valentine. And if you're here this morning and you've never made Jesus the Lord of your life and you would like to, then I want you just to pray this prayer with me. If maybe you're here this morning and you say, I I once walked with God, but man, it's been a long time and I, I feel like I'm just a million miles away, then you just pray this prayer with me and we'll all come to that right place together. In Jesus' name. Pray this with me. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for your love. That you love me so much. That you sent Jesus to die for my sins. He hung on a cross. He went to the grave. And on the third day, he arose. Taking my sins and canceling them. So I received the gift of your love. Of your salvation. I ask you to be the Lord of my life. Come in my heart. Forgive me of my sins and be my Valentine in Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen. And so Jesus said this. As he gave his instructions to his disciples, he says, There's the bread and there's the cup. And he says, The bread represents my body that was broken for you. He says, Take this as often as you eat in remembrance. Jesus allowed his body to be broken to have a crown of thorns to be placed upon his head to be mocked to be persecuted and he did it for you he allowed his body to be broken so your life does not have to be so right now let's partake of the truth and receive the forgiveness in Jesus name let's break and partake together Thank you, Father. Father, we thank you for the bread which represents your body. We thank you that you said by your stripes we're healed. So I thank you that, Lord, healing is filling and flooding our bodies from the top of our head to the soles of our feet. Our minds are restored. Our minds are made straight because you purposed to take that place for us. Then he also said this This wine represents or the juice represents my blood. He said, it's a new covenant that I make with you. And he said, this is the blood that was shed. The ultimate sacrifice. That's not tainted. 
but perfect. And therefore, once and for all, canceling your sins. So therefore, we don't have a sin problem right now. The question is, is what do we do with Jesus, the one that canceled the sin? And so you're forgiven. And so let's partake right now of the, the cup that represents Jesus' blood that was shed for us. And that really signifies his love for us, making us his valentine. Amen. Let's partake together. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Praise God. Father, we thank you for this Valentine's Day. We count it such an honor and a privilege to have had it fallen on the same day as church. God, we thank you for the communion elements that really are our box of candy, our dozen roses, our, our Valentine's card that reminds us of your love. And so, God, we say we love you in return. In Jesus' name. And we all said, Amen. Do we have a last song that we can just love on God? Did you have one ready or no? I see that blank face. Well, say this with me and we'll call it good. Say, Jesus, I love you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. God bless you. See you Wednesday. today's message has been a blessing to you. Thanks for listening. We are Genesee Valley Church, loving God, loving people, and loving life.